You're listening to Source Daily. Join us Monday through Friday to stay up to date on what's happening in North Central Ohio. We'll be sharing a closer look at one of our top stories, along with other news, local history, memorials, answers to your questions, and more. Today, Eli Yoder left the Old Order Amish way of life when he was 18 years old. Now he lives in Waynesfield and educates others on the Amish way of life. Yoder recently spoke to Ashland Source about Ohio's new buggy law. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our friends and sponsors at Mechanics Bank. Whether you're looking for a mortgage, a home equity loan, investment services, or just a great local bank, stop by and see us. Head over to MyMechanics.com to learn more and find a location that's convenient for you. Now our feature story. Eli Yoder left the Old Order Amish way of life when he was 18 years old. Now he lives in Waynesfield, a village located 20 minutes southeast of Lima with his wife and son. He drives a truck for a living, but his passion is educating others on the Amish way of life through his channels on TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook. Yoder recently joined Ashland Source's Dylan Carr and Joe Lyons, Ashland Source correspondent, to give context to the situation unfolding in Ashland County with some Amish people who have disregarded Ohio's new buggy law. Here are some highlights from their conversation. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Dylan Carr. I'm a reporter with Ashland Source. I'm joined by Eli Yoder, a former Amish member of the Source and Truber community. It's a conservative subgroup of the Old Order Amish. Uh, I'm also joined by Joe Lyons with Ashland County Pictures. But before we get into it, I wanted to just kind of back up and, and give everybody a reason why we're here. We're talking about the Amish today because they've been in, in the spotlight, in particular the Swartz and Truber community. So we're hoping a conversation with, uh, with Eli, someone who's lived part of his life in this community will help us understand uh, their side of the story as it relates to the new Amish buggy laws. So here's some background. Ohio enacted a a new law that requires all animal drawn vehicles to have a yellow flashing light. Uh, It became effective, I think it was the end of August, August 31st. And in October, local law enforcement here in Ashland County began pulling over Amish buggies that did not have these flashing lights attached to them. Since then, there's been around 30 Amish people, I think, uh, from the Swartz and Trooper community in Ashland County who have been charged. And many of them have told the Ashland Municipal Court that they will not pay the fines attached to the misdemeanor charges. Eli, can you kind of give us a crash course on what the old order Amish believe and how that differs from the Swartz and Trooper community? Well, the conservative groups like the Swartz and Tuber Old Order, they have an ordinance and they have voted on these rules in the ordinance. And they always stick with that, whatever's voted on, whatever's agreed on by the church. They believe that is the true church of God. So those are God's rules. So if they have voted on that and they agree on that, signed off on that, that won't be changed until the next meeting, which they have those tri- twice a year. If that buggy law says that we can't have an orange color, if it's the triangle, if it's a blinker, then that's what they're going to stick with. It doesn't really matter to them if it's a written law that went into effect. They believe that you must obey their rules in the ordinance, which is God's church, God's rules, and, and not break those, but rather break the law if you have to in for the sake of their own 
rules that they have voted on. So it doesn't really matter. There's newer order Amish that have followed that law. Uh, majority of Amish in Ohio have always had, had the slow moving vehicle sign, the triangle, orange triangle. But these conservative groups where I grew up in, they have never given in to that. They believe that you should suffer for your beliefs. And as a little child growing up, I always heard about this because in the early 70s, my grandfather, among with about 30 others, were put in jail and they did not give in. And the judge eventually just let them go because he realized that they were willing to literally die before they give in to this, what they call a different belief. You said they vote on it twice a year. Is there a chance that when meet again that they get the vote to put on the flashing lights? Then would it be acceptable? Or do you think that they'll stay with the original vote of not having the yellow lights? When it comes to the yellow and orange color, they won't deviate from that. They won't give in. There's little rules in the church that they give in, like a handheld flashlight that has batteries in it. They have okayed that years ago. But one thing that I can tell you living in the community, they will not give in to the orange triangle or any bright yellow. For example, in my community, they're just like Ashland County. They said, no, we are not going to put the blinker on, but we also won't put the orange triangle. So they went ahead and put PVC pipe on with like a darker gray reflective tape around the PVC pipe. So the sheriff's department uh, was behind the buggy and said, you know, it's kind of flashy, you know, it kind of sticks out. Can you at least put the orange reflective tape on top of the buggy where the blinker's supposed to be? And they still rejected that orange tape just because of the color. They believe the color is way too bright. It's a worldly color. And so therefore, I don't see them really ever giving into that, that color at all. Do you have any insight as to, you know, you said the color is too worldly. What qualifies worldly and not worldly? Yeah, when people ask me questions about what is considered worldly, it literally comes down to each individual Amish church. They will vote on it. If they have the the votes that agree that this item or that item or that color or this color is worldly, then that is written into that ordinance letter. It's signed off and it will remain that way until the following meeting. And it's usually one in spring, about April, and the other one's usually October, early November. And it will remain that way until that next meeting where they re revisit those rules and they go over them. It, sometimes there's small adjustments here and there. In, in the conservative and Schwarzenegger groups, most generally, they're, they're going to get more strict. They'll add more rules rather than eliminate rules or become more modern or lenient. So I was doing a little bit of reading um before this and just saw sort of a list of the different uh, technologies that um, the old order Amish use. Um, can you tell us what kind of technology the Schwarzenegger community does use? In, in my group, we didn't have any technology. We wasn't allowed to have any technology at all. We couldn't even have the flip phones, which some of the new order Amish now have. Uh, when it came to construction work, we wasn't even allowed to use power tools or, you know, battery where it's not even no cord or electricity. We couldn't have even battery tools for business use. I'd say probably 90 percent 
of Amish in America use those for business use only. And some of them use air tools, but these conservative groups, again, what we're talking about, they will not even allow that. If you do construction, you're supposed to stay within horse and buggy distance, first of all. And then secondly, they always have it in the, in the rules and the ordinance that you have to have your hand tools, just like you would use on, on, at home if you're doing construction at home on your own projects. You have to use those hand saws, hand drills, Everything has to be the hand tools. That's how these conservative groups work. But as far as technology, uh, I don't know of any technology that's even allowed, period, especially in my group, the, the Schwarzenegger style. Um, do, you, do you still have any uh, family members that are part of the community? Yes, there's only two of us that left. The rest of them are all still in there. And it, it's kind of hard to visit them. My mother always makes me wear my Amish clothing to come out and visit and, and I have to park my car next door. I, I can't drive my worldly car, she says, onto her property, even though her taxi drivers and everybody they do business with, they drive their cars in there, but I, I can't do that. So I, I follow the rules just for the sake of visiting my mother because she only going to be here for so long. So I still follow her rules to come visit, but I, I obviously have, and that also changes from family to family. Some, some parents don't have those strict rules, but my mother was a daughter to a bishop. My grandfather, he was a bishop. So my mom always wanted to honor his wishes and how he handled things. So that's why she's always had more of the harsher rules and guidelines if I want to come back out and visit. How's it make you feel to know that, you know, your mom sees you as being a worldly person? Well, at first, for many years, I just refused to go visit uh, because I was like, if you don't accept me the way I am, then the heck with it. I'm not going to bother even going out and visit. But later on, by 2017, when I got a hold of an English written Bible, because they have the German Bible and nobody really understands it. And so when I got a hold of the English written Bible and I got saved by 2017, and when I received the love of Christ and started understanding their culture better and what the Bible actually says and how they got it so wrong, that is when I realized I must love my mother no matter what the differences are and just go out there and show her what love is. And, and then I also share a lot of scripture with her just to try to get her eyes to be open. So that's my main goal is just to try to help her to realize that, you know, you're following tradition rather than what's actual biblical truth. Now, that kind of leads to a question I had. What Bible do they exactly use? Because I've, I've looked at some of the letters that they've they've given to the judge, and, and I'm kind of wondering, is there a Bible just for the Amish, or is it like a King James Version, New, New World Version? What version do they use? The conservative groups that we're talking about enforce that you must use the 1522 Martin Luther German version. The German is a must, they say. And now some of the conservative groups have given in to where they have a German, and then a translation of English right directly across, across from the page. You can, you can flip over and go to it. Now, I've seen that small change happening in quite a few Schwarzenegger as of the last two years as I go into these communities. But there are still some of them that will strictly, kind of like the, the, the blinker and the orange triangle, some of them will still hang on to that very firmly, and they believe it's a different belief to deviate away from the German Martin Luther Bible. But that is the original text that they were using. They believe that is more accurate to the Greek text, so to speak, because of it being handed down. They, they very much want to keep the traditions that were handed down from their forefathers. So if their forefathers did that, they believe you must honor your father and your mother. It's in the Ten Commandments. And they believe that the only way to honor your father and your mother is to do exactly what your forefathers handed down to you. So they, they inherited a system that they believe you must keep at all costs. And that includes sitting in jail. That is correct. It, they believe if their early forefathers, the Anabaptists, 
were able to die for some of the rules and beliefs that they have, then they believe that they must also do so. And, and I, I hope people understand in a lot of these counties, not just in Ohio, but around the United States and Canada, that the Amish, I, w- I want them to understand the Amish thinking and their mindset because they look up to these forefathers and they have absolutely no problem at all to not pay the fine and then go to go to jail and even death. If it takes death, they are willing. I, w- I want people to understand that they are willing to go to death for what they believe in. Yeah, I mean, that kind of answered my next question. It kind of I want to get into the the sort of philosophy behind um, their position. Um, So, you know, this, this light um, or disregarding this, this new buggy law, it's, it's sort of a symbol, right? I mean, it's, it's like they're willing to break it because there's a a higher power involved. Is that? Yes. Yeah, they're, they're very zealous about it. They're very stern in their beliefs. They want to stand firm. They look at it as persecution. And I want people to understand that they don't know any better. They, they really, they're very innocent in this. They, they believe this is the right thing to do. And when I, when I visit my family, my mother and my oldest brother, they, they will sometimes, just to show you how, how serious they are, they will look at me and, and have tears rolling down. They're, they're crying because they view me and others that left their culture as basically condemned. They, they don't feel like there's any hope that, that I could now please God and get into heaven. So I share that just, just to make my point that they believe that that is the system that is correct. And they don't know any different than that. That's what they inherited. That's what they believe in. That's what they follow. And there's, it's really going to be hard to ever undo that. So I'm curious what you think the resolution is here. Well, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be up to each individual sheriff's department, the law enforcement in each county. In, in my county of Hardin County, they, they love to have a good relationship. And I love that, that when I have a good relationship, they also know that they are in that position to uh, uphold the law, to enforce the law. And, and But at the same time, they do want to have a good relationship with the Amish. So when they put the PVC pipe on, they were basically just showing the sheriff's department, hey, we are willing to do something rather than nothing. So they went out. And when I visited the bishop, he said, yeah, the sheriff's department came out and they followed us. They said, yeah, that, that looks really nice. You know, you can really see it spinning around the wheels with that uh, reflective tape on the PVC pipe. And it helps. But he wasn't satisfied yet. He wanted more in, in trying to get them to put the orange reflective tape. So I say that because... It's going to come down to each individual county and how they decide to deal with it. But I do want each county to know that since they are minded this way, they are more strict than, than the more new order, more uh, lenient Amish. And since they're, they're wired this way, they, they are willing to go to jail. They're willing to not pay that fine, go to jail and even death. So I want them to know that they, they're not going to give in. So they're expecting the sheriff's department to give in, to reason with them. And that's why they will bring letters. Most generally, they'll bring letters to read off to, to hopefully convince the judge. You know, a lot of them sometimes bring letters in from other Amish communities that have the same ordinance that support the church. They fellowship together and they'll bring other, like maybe bishops that wrote a letter to try and help convince the judge that they're standing before for why they should be let off the hook and just let them be and let them live. For the full conversation, click the link in our show notes. Next, some local history. Christmas was important to the Wright brothers, so important that the aerial pioneers from Dayton assured their family they would not miss the holiday at home, even in the process of inventing flight. 
Leading up to the holidays in December of 1903, Orville Wright sent a telegram home to his father about the now-world-famous Wright Flyer flights from December 17th. Orville was most excited about the final flight of the day, which spanned 852 feet in 57 seconds. He barely mentions the first and most historic flight, which lasted only 12 seconds and traveled 120 feet. But that short flight was one of the great moments in history, the first controlled and sustained flight in a motorized aircraft. Orville did write that he and Wilbur would be home for Christmas. It would be fascinating to know what their Christmas dinner conversation was, and if they understood how much their invention would change the world. Next, we'd like to take a moment to highlight an event that you should know about. Join Mansfield's annual New Year's Eve celebration at Central Park this year. There will be music, fireworks, and even a ball drop. The fun begins at 9pm on December 31st. See you there. Before we continue, we'd like to thank our friends and sponsors at Area Agency on Aging. Are you struggling to pay your home energy bills? You're in luck. The Home Energy Assistance Program at Area Agency on Aging can help. Stop in for an application at 2131 Park Avenue West in Ontario, or visit aaa5ohio.org. Finally, we'd like to take a moment to remember the life of Nicholas Andrew Sharish of Mansfield. Nick was born in 1997 in Mansfield and graduated from Lexington High School. He was a caring man who never met a stranger and would go out of his way to help anyone. Nick had a big heart and freely put others before himself. He was also a motorcycle enthusiast and loved road trips. Generally anything to do with motorcycles, Nick was up for it. Being outdoors was another one of Nick's favorite things. He enjoyed kayaking, fishing, hunting, hiking, and taking nature walks. Nick loved his therapy cat, Spaz. He is survived by his father, his mother and stepfather, as well as his siblings, his niece, grandparents, and numerous aunts, uncles, cousins, and friends. Thank you for taking a moment with us today to remember and celebrate Nick's life. You can submit an obituary for free on Richland Source. To learn more, click the link in our show notes or visit richlandsource.com obituaries submit. Thanks for listening. Join us again tomorrow. Also, make sure to head over to richlandsource.com and click the Be a Member button to help support independent local journalism that informs and inspires. Every contribution goes to helping us make Richland County a better place and to help keep our journalism free. Also, if you like this podcast and want to hear more, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. 